What does it actually mean to be a Christian? Like, what does it mean to follow Jesus? Does it just mean to believe the right stuff and follow the right list of rules and you're good to go? Honestly, that sounds terrible. There's another way. It's time we practice the art of following Jesus. So let's talk about it together. We are busy, tired, angry, stressed, irritable, distracted. We're addicted to being comfortable. You know what? We are disconnected from each other, from the world, from ourselves. How we order our lives keeps us from living true life. And we know, you know, something's not right. It's almost like this engine noise that we just can't figure out. And maybe we should go to the mechanic, but uh, let's just keep driving. And so we know something's wrong. So we, we try to, you know, we try different ways to fix it, to deal with it, to cope with everything that's going on. And they're not all bad ways. Maybe we try to change our thinking and, you know, like, let's just think positively. Or maybe we just, we try harder. We try to get more education or a better job or, or more money. Maybe we try to make our own happiness by treating yourself or, you know, do whatever feels right or do whatever feels good. Or maybe we try the religion route. You know, we just need to get more spiritual. And often the way that we've been taught to do that is to have as many God experiences as possible, meaning have as much church as possible. Sometimes that means going to Sunday morning church and Sunday evening church and midweek church with a Bible study on top of it. And make sure you give your, your time, your talent, and your treasure, and you know then you'll be spiritual and things will be good. You know, or we try to follow all the right rules and rituals to make sure God's happy with us. And a lot of all that stuff we talked about, it can work to fix your life for a while. But then life does what life always does. It gets difficult. It even gets overwhelming. And, and we realize what we keep trying to do to fix us just doesn't work. And so we start feeling like there's something wrong with us. And so we either just try harder, try the same thing over and over again, harder. We, we hide who we really are and just kind of get through life. Or we try to numb the pain and the fear. Or we just give up. And the result of all of that is either guilt, frustration, loneliness, even addictions. It's really a horrible, endless, empty cycle. And whether we call ourselves a Christian or not, our lives and our experiences look just like every other person around us, whether they follow Jesus or not. We all have the same fear and frustrations and, and short fuses. Now, in our last series, we said, if the Holy Spirit is truly the personal presence of God himself, Jesus followers will have remarkably different lives. But how can that actually happen? How do we actually do that? Is it something some people just like get and others don't? Like some people are just holy and others have to like keep trying harder until they get zapped with God's holiness. Here's what we're going to discover. Living the life Jesus offers is an art that requires practice. Peter, the apostle Peter knew what it meant to practice the art of the Jesus way. He was a fisherman turned disciple of Jesus. He was part of Jesus' inner circle. He knew Jesus. Like he literally followed him around. Peter was the first to declare Jesus was the son of God, the Messiah. And Peter was also the first who denied Jesus the night Jesus was arrested. And then he experienced eating with Jesus after Jesus' resurrection. And he was personally restored to his position as disciple and apostle by Jesus. And Peter became the leader of the apostles. He's the one who preached the first Christian sermon. And as he's getting older, around 60s AD, he's in Rome. And he's pretty sure he's about to be killed by Nero, which he was. 
And he writes a letter to a network of churches in the Mediterranean world. And this letter, which we call Second Peter, is kind of his farewell speech. And he's telling these early Jesus followers what it looks like to actually follow Jesus. Now, like most of the New Testament, Peter is writing to Jesus followers. Now, if you're not a Jesus follower and you're, and you're watching this, everything we're going to talk about, you're kind of off the hook for. You don't have to do any of it. But what I want to do is give you a view of the life you are offered and, and show you that following Jesus might be very different from how it's been presented and, and modeled by others that you've seen. So here's how Peter opens his last letter. This letter is from Simon Peter, a slave and apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to you who share the same precious faith we have. This faith was given to you because of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. Now, just before we really jump in, like a side note, notice that Peter is talking about the deity of Jesus, that Jesus is his God and Savior. It's being discussed early, as early as the 60s AD, meaning that Jesus being God is not some myth that kind of snuck in over hundreds of years of people telling the story. But the point of what Peter is saying and writing is that he's writing to a new community that's been created through each individual's faith and trust in Jesus. See, trust is the first step that empowers the rest of the steps of following Jesus. Now, sadly, so many people stop there. They say, you know, I believe that Jesus rose from the dead and so I get out of hell free, right? And it's sad because there's so much more available. Yeah, Jesus is our God and Savior, but he's also our Lord and King and teacher and friend who offers to give us full, abundant life now. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus, our Lord. More grace. This is God giving us the ability to become like him as we grow in knowing Jesus. Saying more and more. It's a, this is something, this knowledge and this grace and peace is something that can increase. Something that God wants to increase in us through our knowledge of Jesus. Not our knowledge about Jesus, but our knowledge of of Jesus. See, the deeper we know Jesus, the more we experience the life he offers. But how? Like, how can we actually experience this life? God is so amazing and loving. See, we aren't left alone to try to figure this out ourselves or muster up enough knowledge or faith or whatever, or just try everything we can think of grasping at random religious straws. No. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. By his power, God has given us everything we need to live a godly life. Godly life. Ugh. Like every time I would read that growing up, I always thought like godly life, like being good and nice and boring and going to church every week and reading the Bible every day. Oh, that's... Honestly, that view of a godly life is like eating chalk when you could be enjoying an amazing plate to pad CU. Living a godly life is to participate in God's own life and love every day in every interaction. But it's not something we force. It's not something we, again, muster up. It's not try really hard to live this out. It's something God gives us through his power. Like, have you ever tried to live out the Sermon on the Mount? Jesus' famous sermon, you know, love your enemies, do good to those who persecute you. Have you ever tried to be a good Christian or even just a good person? It's exhausting. 
right? And so exhausting that often we just, we give up and we just try to do our best. And we say things like, oh yeah, I'd love, love to follow Jesus the way he talks about, but I just can't do it. Or sometimes, sometimes we make it sound spiritual, right? Like I'm just a sinner saved by grace. That is so defeatist. See, we often don't realize what Jesus followers actually have as Holy Spirit filled children of God. By his power, God has given us everything we need. We have received it by coming to know him. Everything we need to become like Jesus is available to us through knowing Jesus. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Share his divine nature. Share God's nature. Become uh, what Paul calls a new creation. Other translations of this passage, passage say to, we can participate in the, the divine nature. So the idea here is that we are new creations reborn to be like Jesus, and we can now participate with God in his work in the world. And we can do that and escape the world's corruption. What does that mean? Well, it's exactly what we were talking about at the beginning of this episode. The horrible, endless, empty cycle. Trying to trying over and over to get through life on our own. So how do we realize these amazing promises? How do we use what we've been given? How do we participate with God? In view of all of this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Make every effort to respond to God's promises. Now listen closely. Peter is not talking about earning God's love. He's not talking about earning God's forgiveness. He's not talking about earning salvation. He's not talking about keeping ourselves on God's good list by doing all the right things. He is saying that to experience the life Jesus gives, we need to participate with what God, the Holy Spirit, is doing in us. If you remember from our last series, we can either work with the Holy Spirit or we can get in his way. It's not just hoping we change somehow now that I follow Jesus. Or, and it's not just following a list of rules to make us more holy. Peter is talking about a commitment to working with the Holy Spirit to develop the character traits that mark God's own divine nature, life, and love. It's kind of like, like seeds in the ground, right? If you plant seeds in your planter, you have those seeds. They're your seeds, but they haven't grown yet. Why? Because they need time and, and water and sun. The moment we accept Jesus's invitation to follow him, the Holy Spirit gives us what we need to follow Jesus, to become like Jesus, but they need to be developed. They need to be practiced. Those seeds need to be grown. Or it's like a musical instrument, learning, playing a musical instrument, right? For the most part, all of us have the same body parts and brains needed to learn any instrument, to make great music. But in order to actually make music, we need to develop those skills through practice. And like any kind of any other kind of art that needs to be practiced, it's a process. Now, what we're going to read next really is not an exhaustive list, and it's not like the specific order that these things are developed. These are traits someone who belong who is becoming like Jesus has. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence, and moral excellence with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with patience with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. So basically Peter's talking about becoming more spiritual, right? No. Pastor John Ortberg said, God isn't interested in your spiritual life. 
He's interested in your life, the whole of it. So these are seven traits, seven examples of what a godly life looks like. And the final one encompasses all of them. Love, devoting yourself to the well-being of others, no matter their response or the cost to you. Tim Mackey said, to love is to share in God's own life. So these traits are examples of what we become. And these things become part of who we are. Someone who is practicing the art of following Jesus will instinctively and effortlessly display these types of traits because they have become so ingrained through practice. It's, again, it's just like playing music or, or riding a bike or playing sports. When you're, when you're riding a bike, you're not thinking about, okay, this foot does that and I got to balance my weight. You just do it, right? Or when, when um, a police officer or a soldier like, does something amazing and they say, well, my training just kicked in. See, it all comes from practicing certain skills over and over and over. Michael Jordan practiced over and over and over. Wayne Gretzky practiced over and over and over. And you can tell I'm a millennial because of the sports figures I use as an example. But all of this didn't come from just trying harder, right? You can't just try harder to be a better artist, right? Like the only reason I can't sculpt like Michelangelo is because I just haven't tried hard enough. No, like you have to develop the skills through a process. And if we do that in following Jesus, what is the result? The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We'll be productive and useful. And here's the secret that was never meant to be a secret because it's basically the whole point of the Jesus way. Mature Jesus following isn't just for the good of the Jesus follower. It's for the good of everyone. Of course, the Jesus follower benefits, but we benefit because we are becoming, we are being what we are designed to be, a picture of Jesus' love to the rest of the world. A community of Jesus followers who, continue, who are continually growing and maturing in their relationship with Jesus can't help but change the world around them. But, unfortunately, so many Jesus followers don't mature. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. See, that's why we, we saw so many Christians that just seem like everyone else. Their lives are no different. They haven't developed. They haven't practiced their art. They've forgotten or they've never truly discovered what it means to live like Jesus in their regular lives. It's what the author of Hebrews was talking about. You have been believers for so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. It's why, see, this whole thing of not maturing is why... Honestly, we saw so many people fall apart when things hit the fan for the last few years. And at Cross Creek, our church, we wanna be productive and useful. And so this whole idea of practice is what we're, going to be, what we're going to focus on for the next few weeks, next few episodes. And just like any art, there are many, many ways to follow Jesus, as many ways to follow Jesus as there are individual Jesus followers. But also just like any art, there is a typical and useful starting point. 
And for 2,000 years, Jesus' followers have matured by practicing many of the same things Jesus modeled in his life. And so we're going to look at what Jesus did, how he practiced and arranged his life. And we will actually follow him by doing what he did. It's kind of like when kids, if you watch any like youth sports and they try to be like their favorite sports star, right? And they dress like them and they talk like them and they act like them. They celebrate like them when they make a basket or a touchdown. Our goal is to find new rhythms and, and practices that help us arrange our lives around our king, our God. Does it kind of sound difficult? It's really not. See, Jesus said his yoke was easy and his burden was light. Why? Because he's given us everything we need to live his way. As we practice, the easier things will become. The more ingrained they become, and we can't help but look and sound and think and act and talk like our teacher. So we'll look at the practical steps and rhythms and practices that will allow us to work with the Holy Spirit. So as we start this journey, here's my invitation. First, really think about it and commit to the journey. Like, honestly, do you want to be a Jesus follower? Do you want to be a student of Jesus or just a fan of Jesus? I kind of like that guy and what he said. See, this is something that is an ongoing lifestyle. It's not just something that, you know, we can sit and listen to for however long this series, series lasts and then we get on to like, you know, how to have a better marriage or whatever. We won't have an overnight change with this. We're talking about long obedience in the same direction. And so if you're willing to commit to this journey, then pray this, like a, a first introductory idea. Pray this, Holy Spirit, I believe you are guiding me because he promises he will, right? I believe you are guiding me. So make me aware of my thoughts that are you guiding me. Help me recognize your voice. We'll talk more about that in the next episode. This is how we begin looking and acting like the already not yet people of God. And honestly, a lot of this will be new for me. And so we're going to be exploring and journeying together. But I'm excited to see where this will take us because I think it's time. We've been promised that we already have everything we need to live the life Jesus offers. A life of peace and purpose and joy and patience and kindness, godly power and love. So it's, it's time to accept that promise and allow the Holy Spirit to develop us into who we were created to be. It's time to stop just hoping that something somehow changes in us. It's time to stop just trying harder to be who we think we should be. It's time to move beyond just saying what we believe. See, it's time to actually practice following Jesus. Following Jesus isn't just about what we believe. It's about what we do with what we believe. for watching this content put out by Cross Creek Community Church. We are a church in Salem. We are for Salem and we meet regularly on Sundays at 4.30 p.m. We also have Youth Connect that meet on the first and third Sundays of the month after that 4.30 service around 6 o'clock to 7.30 for middle school and high schoolers. So be sure to check that out if you are of that age or parenting that age. We have weekly connect groups that meet around town. Uh, fill out a form on our websites or send us an email if you're interested in finding out more about our connect groups which are our small groups we will have more of these episodes coming up thanks for liking and subscribing um, to both our youtube channel um, our instagram maybe if you're on facebook 
Um, and also don't forget we have a podcast. So if you like to go on walks or long drives, this is a great way to take in this content. Thanks for interacting with us. Uh, send us an email to let us know you're watching or fill out a welcome form. Uh, but we'll see you next week.